Well, hello and happy Thursday. Yes, we are skipping around a little bit during the week. Uh, come September, we'll be a little bit more regular with the days, but for now, it's probably going to be about three days a week just because life, man, you know how that goes. Life gets in the way of plans. No, what is the saying? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I don't know, something along those lines, whatever. Hello. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Um, I went to a um, baseball game last night, not professional. It was a yard goats. Uh, if you're in, in New England, specifically Connecticut, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. If not, you don't know or care, but that's where I was last night. And that was different. I'm not really into baseball. I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I could care less, um, but it was cool. You know, it was nice to see the field. It was actually a beautiful stadium. If you're in the area and um, considering going to a game, I guess it's a semi pro. I mean, don't ask me any of these questions. I can't tell you anything. I, I was there to, uh, eat, drink and be merry and which I was and which I did. So it was a good time. And, uh, particularly if you do like baseball, if you do care about it, uh, then you probably will enjoy it. So I would definitely recommend it. Yard goats in, uh, the interesting city of Harford. Um, so yeah, that was my evening last night and I am feeling pretty good. I drank my power smoothie this morning, my super greens. Somebody asked me, uh, this morning, they saw my drink and, uh, and this is not an endorsement or anything. It's not an advertisement. It just happens. I'm not even giving you the name. I mean, if you want it, I'll tell you. Yeah. Somebody saw it and it's very, very green. Like it's a deep, dark green. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you drinking? And I said, well, they're super greens. And you know, if you basically, um, you know, powder up some uh, spinach and kale and a whole bunch of other things and put it in a smoothie. And there you go. Super greens. Yay. Good stuff. And uh, they said, well, how does that taste? I said, well, the only way I can describe it is it tastes the way that freshly cut grass smells. And <laughs> that probably sounds kind of disgusting, but um, I, it's not bad. It's actually not bad at all. This is, I've tried a few different ones and this is the one I like the best. So if you do want to know, just, uh, pop me a message or a comment and, and of course I will tell you. Um, but you know, whatever, it's good. So I feel energized. That was, that was really the whole point of me telling you that long-winded story is that I feel energized right now. Is it psychological? Is it from drinking my super greens every, every morning? The past, it's only been like three mornings. Let's be real. I'm, yeah, it hasn't been this crazy long time, but, uh, I've enjoying, I'm enjoying it. So it's good. And we're going to, um, we're going to credit the super greens to my, my energy this morning. So let's see what is going on in the world. I am going to open up my tabs here. Are you like me? I want to know who else. And this is probably a lot to do with my ADHD brain, AKA my monkey brain. Uh, I always have, you know, a minimum of 10 tabs open on my computer and people who are really computer savvy always tell me, stop doing that. You're slowing everything down, close out those tabs. And my attitude is, well, what if I need them? <laughs> what if I need them open? I might want to check something. And in and, and all honesty, I do bounce around because of my ADHD. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't consider it a curse. There's times when I do. There's times where I do curse my ADHD because I do struggle, um, you know, with, with being focused and staying on task and completing tasks is, a, is always a big challenge for me. And I like to uh, have, you know, well, 20 tabs 
open all the time. And that's, you know, on my computer and in my brain, there's always tabs open and different things going on. And, um, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to have ADHD to be like that. I, I think that's just simply really super common for people with ADHD. Um, the, the rest of you normal folk can probably concentrate a little bit better. Whereas I, I won't speak for anybody else because I hate doing, I hate doing that. And somebody will always call you that or, or call you out on that. I should say, you know, and say, don't speak for me. Don't, don't. And I just did that the other day. I just kind of went on a rant that I don't want anybody speaking for me. <laughs> I'll speak for my damn self. So yeah, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I, I, any, everybody's experiences are different and blah, 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 blah. But for me, you know, I, I told my husband years ago, I, we were in a sports bar and you know how sports bars are. They have like, you know, all these different big screen TVs, uh, up on the walls and all different things playing, you know, on one there's boxing and another there's hockey and another there's baseball, football, blah, 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 all different stuff going on all the time. And it's soup for me. It's super mega sensory overload. And I said, and I was watching this and I was, you know, try, and also at the same time, trying to focus on what the conversation was that we were having. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just simply couldn't. And all of those things, so you have, you know, all of these televisions playing at once with all their vivid, bright colors and sounds and things going on. And you have somebody across from you trying to carry on a conversation. And then you have all these tables of people around you also carrying on conversations. And, um, I, I said, I said, Hey, I, I just, I got to tell you, I'm trying my damnedest to pay attention here to what you're saying, but I, I just want to stop you for a minute and point this out. And I said, look around, look at all of these TVs on all at the same time, all these different channels and programs. Um, this is what goes on in my brain all of the time, 24 seven. And it's exhausting, you know, but this is not a complaint. This sounds like I'm whining and complaining. It's just simply what is. I made the choice long ago that I wasn't going to go a medication route. I was just going to, um, you know, do my damnedest to try and manage the, um, manage the monkey brain. And most of the time I succeed. I, I, as I've gotten older, I was not successful at it at all when I was younger. Um, but I've gotten way better at it now, but there's still times where it gets a little out of hand. And even I'm like, whoa, this is, you know, my husband will point out, he's like, you are, <laughs> you are quite the little roller coaster right now, aren't you? And, uh, you know, and, and I try and rein it in, but there's lots of good that comes with it too, because, um, you're also able to, so here's the crazy opposite side of that. You are, if you have ADHD, you are typically really, really good at hyper-focusing, so, which is obviously the complete extreme opposite of being unable to focus on one thing. You can also hyper-focus on something. And when I'm in hyper-focus mode, you could literally, you know, my husband could, because he does play the drums, he could play the drums right next to me. And if I'm hyper-focused on uh, a task or a project or just lost in thought, I'm oblivious. I'm completely oblivious. You know, our music room is off of the kitchen. So it's kind of like a bonus room, um, behind or uh, adjacent to the kitchen area. And, you know, I'll be in there cooking food or doing whatever I'm doing in there. 
and he'll be playing music in the next room. So thin walls, you know, I can hear it loud and clear, perfectly clear. And uh, at some point he'll walk on over. Hey, did you hear that? What'd you think of that? And I'll, and I will actually say, what did I think of what? <laughs> He's like, are you kidding me? Are you, you couldn't hear that? I mean, he was playing at full volume. And I said, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I heard it, but it was so peripheral to what I was doing that I really wasn't registering and paying attention to it. And he's like, that is, that's a hell of skill, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So it's a, it's interesting. It's fun. And now that I just went on that tangent, I have really no idea. Oh, I do know. I do know what I was going to say. See, I told you I'm getting better at this managing it. Um, I was talking about all my tabs, all the tabs open on my computer. And let's see, I will count them for you because I know you're dying to know. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ooh, exactly 10. Isn't that funny? I started off saying that I always have at least 10 open and I have exactly 10 open, but they're very purposeful. I have my emails, uh, two separate email addresses, I have both of those open because I was answering emails and I'm not ready to shut those down yet. Okay. So, so don't tell me I should shut them down just because I finished my emails. Um, and I have one, two, three, four news tabs open four different ones because there was a couple of stories and things I wanted to share with you and talk about. And if they're not right there for me, I won't remember them. So that's how I remember. And what's the last thing? Oh, and I have my uh, TikTok open as well, because I will probably share a video with you um, just because I like to. So we just rambled on and on about um, my personal story there, my personal goings on in life, my insanity. It's not really that insane. It's not it's not even all that different than anybody else. I don't think we're all busy as heck, right? Um, so I wanted to share some news with you. I have, I want to start with the feel good story, right? The good story. Cause that's what we do. We start our morning off with a, a feel good story. And I especially love to start the day off with a story about one of our first responders, uh, doing great things in the world. And sometimes it's not the biggest thing in the world. Sometimes it's something, um, comparatively small but it's still good in the world. And I like sharing it. So the first story that I opened up to uh, via policeone.com is a story about a New Jersey cop who climbs into a burning home to rescue a dog. Um, Why do I love this so much? Because I love animals. I love animals. And I love, I love when other people love animals. So, you know, yeah, it's just a big fat love fest over here for me because you have all of my favorite things. You have a first responder doing something great. You have an animal, you have excitement, and you have a positive outcome and all the good things. So how about we get right to the story? Uh, so this is about uh, Officer Julia Caldwell, who suffered a serious respiratory injury, but she says it was worth it. Uh, this was in Ewing, New Jersey. It says, as Julia Caldwell watched a fellow Ewing police officer get partially into the window of a burning home last month where a dog was in a cage, her adrenaline surged. Get me in there, she exclaimed. Her sergeant expressed doubt. You can't go in there, he said. Yes, I can. Watch, Caldwell said. Seconds later, an officer hoisted her up and Caldwell squeezed her small frame through the window to retrieve the dog which is in which was in imminent peril 
Smoke billowed from the home on Browning Avenue on June 2nd, and what you cannot see on the body camera video is the heat that consumed the room, even though flames had yet to burn. Caldwell later learned that the heat is invisibly dangerous, and her excited inhaling caused her to inhale invisible heated gases. She continues to recover from injuries. Uh, Let's see, hang on. She continues to recover from injuries. Um, They were worse than police originally expected. She was in a medically induced coma. I'm reading this. I mean, like this, I didn't read this before. I just kind of got the quick, uh, the quick gist of the story before I started reading it. So I'm in shock right now, just as much as you are listening to this. Um, So she was in a medically induced coma and remains off duty for more than a month later. She told us, so she was talking to uh, New Jersey Advance Media in a recent interview. The rescue took less than 90 seconds. That's amazing um, that she um, she got such serious uh, respiratory damage from such a short period of time. That's wow, right? Um, but she says it was worth it. She said, I look at it this way. I have two dogs and I just couldn't imagine losing my house and everything in it and my dogs in the blink of an eye. I knew I could get in that window and I just thought, let me get in and out. Serendipitous events put her on the side of that house, she said. She is a detective, but she was on patrol that day as part of the effort by police in New Jersey to add extra security to public schools after the shooting in Texas. Um, so yeah, wow. Talk about the right person being in the right place at the right time. Um, I, I can only imagine the, the homeowners, how they must have felt, you know, you, a house fire obviously is so, so devastating. You lose, you lose memories, you use, uh, belong, you lose belongings. And, you know, you're, for most of us, your pets are your family. So that is, you know, literally and truly losing a family member in a horrific way. And that's really hard to get over. And she spared this family that type of agony. Um, so it says the body camera footage posted on YouTube by her proud husband, retired Ewing officer Jeff Caldwell, starts with her hustling down the street. When she learns that the residents are out of the home, but a dog is inside, she runs past firefighters, stretching hoses, and joins the other officers at the window of the room pointed out by a neighbor. Uh, one, Mike Gian- Gianavetti, was the one who leaned into the window, then pick up, picked up Caldwell to assist her inside. The footage is clear. Uh, I do have the footage. I'm going to, I'm going to play it for you so you can hear some of it. Um, obviously you can't see it, but if you do go over to police1.com, you'll be able to see this remarkable, um, uh, video. It's really something else. I'm just looking at the still of it right now, but we're going to play it. Uh, let's see. After handing the 70 pound dog to officer Gianetti, G, I'm not saying his name right. Hang on. Giovanetti, Charles Wyckoff and Wyckoff and Sergeant Caitlin Hurley, they lowered the 105 pound. She's so tiny. 105-pound Caldwell to the ground, where she stares at the grass and catches her breath. The footage ends there, so I don't know what we're going to hear, though. Let's give it a try and see. Oh, get me in there. Yes, I can. Watch. Get me up there. One, two, three. They are showing the dog. Oh, poor puppy. So scared. Oh. And now they're showing her running. 
That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, go watch that footage. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm such a weenie. I, I'm already teary just looking at it. What a badass, right? Uh, love her to pieces. Uh, let's see. So Caldwell said it, it quickly got worse at the scene when she started talking oddly. And the last thing she remembers is telling EMTs that her tongue felt funny and was swelling. And that is a telltale sign of damage to the respiratory tract. She later learned uh, that's new to me. I did not know that. She says she woke up in a hospital 26 hours later, confused with leather straps on her arms and fellow cops looking at her and asking how she felt. Uh, she had been intubated by EMTs and paramedics in the back of their ambulance and put in an induced coma to let her lungs recover and breathed on a ventilator. Uh, just insane, right? Just incredible. Uh, she re- continues to recover at home and is suffering from reactive airway disease and might battle it for life. She also tweaked her collarbone and has been cleared to return to desk duty following that injury. Her pulmonologist has not cleared her for full duty. Oh my goodness. Um, so she said she's still learning about her injuries and, um, it's just, it's, it, it says, you know, that she's just odd that the whole rescue basically took one minute and 29 seconds. And, uh, she says, um, she says, honey, that's a minute too long. (laughs) Uh, that's pretty crazy. The 12 year police officer that she'll get through it. The police department and her friends and family have been incredibly supportive and she, she's appreciative of the media attention. Um, she has also learned that the, uh, of the care that she received from EMTs, Sean Leary and Jessica Chavarez and paramedics, Alex Velez and Neil Havkin. Leary, she said, held her hand as medics put her, put in her IV as she passed out. Oh my goodness. What a story. What a story. Uh, that's just amazing. And, and she regrets nothing. And I, I think that tells you so much about her character, you know, cause I, I know, I know a lot of people will say, was it worth it? I mean, it was a dog. It wasn't a human being. Was it worth it? And she is saying, yeah, it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. So, yep, this is why I love our first responders. And that was your feel good story to start the day. How about that? That was a good one. Um, I like to think they're all good ones, <laughs> but I enjoyed that one. And like I said, it was a, um, a surprise to me as I went along. Um, let's see, what shall we talk about next? Oh my gosh, you know what we need to talk about next? We need to talk about, um, we need to talk about Jill Biden, uh, comparing us Hispanics to breakfast tacos. That was special. Have you guys heard that one? I'm going to share that with you. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Yeah, how about that? So uh, Hispanics, myself included, um, we are beautiful breakfast tacos, according to Dr. Dr. Jill Biden. Yay us, right? We're so blessed to be so much like breakfast tacos and our diversity and um, uniqueness. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. So, obviously, I made a, a video kind of in response to that. I want to thank 
Dr. Jill Biden for helping me understand my identity as a Hispanic woman. Um, I, I've been confused this whole time. I, I just didn't really know how to identify. I'm very light-skinned and all of those things. And now I understand that my uniqueness comes from being unique as the breakfast tacos. I've decided that I will, from this point forward, identify as a breakfast taco. And from now on, please, please, I ask you to respect my wishes and yeah, so that's my name from now on, people. Call me by my right name. I identify as Elsa Kita Takalinda, and um, please use my proper name from now on. Okay, so yeah, obviously we've all been having a great laugh at this and lots of fun at uh, Joe Biden's expense. And, um, you know, not the first time that they have said things that they probably shouldn't say. Um, you know, let's not forget her husband's, um, telling people that if they don't vote for him, they're, they're not black. <laughs> Tell, telling black people that they aren't black or his exact words, I think you ain't black. Um, if you don't vote for him, that's, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. No, nothing racist there at all. Right. So good times, uh, with the Bidens as usual, giving us tons of material. Uh, of course, I had to make another video today, uh, a little bit of Jill behind the scenes uh, for you. Yeah, could you come in here for a moment? Yes, ma'am. Uh, by the way, it's actually Mary, not Maria. Okay, great. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what is it again? <laughs> Sorry, um, Mrs. Dr. First Lady Jill Biden. Um, can I help you with, ma'am? There you go. I am working on my speech for today, and I could use your help because you are part of the Latinx community. Okay, but uh, ma'am, I'll do the best that I can, but uh, as I told you before, my husband is Spanish. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm from Delaware, so... Uh, sure. Go for it. Okay, so I have... Uh, Raul, blah, 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 diversity, blah, blah, blah. And now here's the part I need your help, okay? The, the Bogodas of the Bronx. Is that right? Um, okay, I think it might be pronounced. Sounds really right. No, you're right, that's perfect. Perfect. Okay, could you be a dear and just vacuum that other area one more time for me? That would be really helpful. Um, as I told you, several times. I'm your personal assistant, not the maid. Oh, sure you are, hun. Sure you are. No. No, you're... Okay. By the way, that, that part you read about the uh, uh, breakfast tacos, um, that is the keeper, for sure. Best part. Best part of the speech. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, she's just an easy target right now, so it's fun. And, um, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So that's uh, just some of the fun things going on in the world right now. Stuff we can laugh at, stuff we can uh, feel good about, and stuff that doesn't make us crazy in the cabeza. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, what makes me laugh, I mean, a lot of things make me laugh, but what makes me laugh in kind of like an ironic way, I guess, is when people comment on these videos that I make or, or anyone who makes comedic content 
um, when they do satire or parody or any of those things. And we're, you know, making fun of very real things that are going on in the world. There's always someone or several someones who will jump into the comments section of these videos and say, you know, this is no laughing matter. This stuff isn't funny. You know, there's serious stuff happening right now. And you got to take it seriously. And to these people, and I don't actually respond to their comments because why bother, right? Um, Don't mistake our humor or our attempts at humor as not caring and not thinking that it's serious what's happening in the world. Um, You know, there's a time for everything, right? And if you stay in anger mode all the time, I don't really know who that could possibly be benefiting in any way, shape, or form, right? Uh, So you do need to take that pause and just laugh a little bit. I promise you, I promise you, that stuff will not become any less serious to anyone. (laughs) still going to stay serious and important. Um, And this is just another way of bringing things to people's attention, too. Uh, Showing the absurdity of their behaviors and the things that they say and do and the, you know, hypocrisy and all of that, you know, when you bring it forth in a humorous manner, I think it has a a pretty good impact. I think it, you know, is a valid way of sharing what's going on in the world. Because there are so many people right now, uh, and for a long time, of course, who, will come to you, you know, with the straight news. They will tell you exactly what's going on. It's, you know, and it's all dire and very serious and complex and detailed. And there are people for that. I'm not that people. <laughs> I'm not the person for that type of broadcast. We're we're just going to uh, laugh as much as we possibly can, all while acknowledging the seriousness of what's going on in the world. Um, I simply choose to not live in a place of rage all the time. It's there. Trust me, it's there. Um, it's in its compartment. Uh, we talk a lot about, in, in the law enforcement family, we talk a lot about compartmentalization. And uh, uh, first off, it took me a really long time to be able to say that word <laughs> uh, as well as I just did. But that was something that uh, my husband taught me a very long time ago. Um, and I technically, it's something I already did. I just didn't have the word for it. I didn't have the the vernacular to understand what it was that I do in life um, emotionally. And it's a very common thing in law enforcement because it's a necessity. It's a survival skill. And you have to be able to, and I think that's a survival skill for anyone and everyone. Um, You will be much better off in life if you are capable of compartmentalizing the different things that go on in in any given day, really, but in life in general. And, you know, the, the trick and the key to compartmentalization to make it either healthy or unhealthy is understanding that there is a time and a place to open those compartments, to pull open those, you know, figurative drawers and examine the contents, right? And the time is not all of the time. So that's why 
we we compartmentalize. We put things in their places and we take them out at appropriate times and analyze them and dissect them and air them out. And, um, you know, we don't necessarily fix the problems, um, but we acknowledge them and we talk about them and talk about our feelings about them, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, this is just a life skill that I'm sharing with you that you probably already have, but just in case, you never know. There's there's always, you know, I always feel like I'm talking to this one person. You know, I'm, I'm hopefully talking to lots of people because I would love for lots of people to listen to my show. But I always feel like I target this one person, this nameless, faceless person who needed to hear something right in the minute that they're hearing it. And, and I believe that. I believe that because I don't believe in coincidence. So there is someone, there's at least one person listening to this show who is tuning in at just the right moment and hearing what they needed to hear. So if that, if you're not that person, I apologize <laughs> that you are listening to something you didn't need to hear. But um, hopefully, hopefully somebody is. Hopefully somebody hears that and says, you know what? You're right. I do. I, I can't live in this anger or this anxiety or this stressful place um, all the time. I got to dial it back. I got to put it in a compartment and move, open another drawer, open a different drawer. One, you know, that's going to let out, uh, you know, hearts and butterflies and sunshine and uh, happy face emojis and things like that. Um, it's, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it is a much happier and peaceful existence. Come into my world, people. It is a good place. It is a nice place to be. Um, and I, I'm very, very determined to stay in that place as much as possible. And, you know, perspective, right? That's the word we talk about. You hear all the time, perspective. Everything's about perspective. As a matter of fact, as I was driving, um, the other day, everything's the other day. We told, I've told you that before. Everything's the other day. Uh, if we're being technical, it was just yesterday. I don't know why I couldn't say it was yesterday, but it was yesterday that I was driving in the morning. And I, that's when I get like all of what I consider to be my best ideas and thoughts. It's always when I can't act on them immediately. It's like when I'm trapped in the car, you know, with no, uh, access to record or do any of the things I want to do. That's always when I come up with the great ideas. It's very annoying, by the way, but it's fine too, because I just kind of do a voice memo and I'm like, oh, remember to blah, blah, blah. And that is exactly what happened. I I had this idea for a for a skit, for a bit, for a sketch, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm still new to the biz, <laughs> so I don't really know what to call it, but I'm calling it a skit, okay? Um, and it's I'm going to do my, uh, I've done a couple of ones like this before, maybe just one, I don't even know, but about, uh, be, if I were a therapist, that's the whole bit, really. If I were a therapist, um, what would I say and how would I act and what would I do? And, uh, I, I thought of another one for that, for that yesterday. So I'll be making that today. That's going to be fun for me. Uh, hopefully somebody will like it. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I'm going to do a whole bit on perspective, uh, coming from a therapist point of view or a non-therapist you know, the whole, if I were a therapist, uh, perspective. And I always say, by the way, um, to give a little background to that, I always say I would be, I, if I were a therapist, people would definitely be leaving my office crying <laughs> because I am not warm and fuzzy and gentle. I'm more of, I'm more like boot camp therapy. 
That would be my style. If I were to be a therapist, um, that would be my style because I don't, I don't have patience for, for complaining. I, I don't have any patience for complaining. Like my attitude is the minute you can identify and verbalize a problem, the minute you can, um, access it and name it essentially, then you don't get to complain anymore. You're done. It's over. Now it's time for action. What are you going to, what are you going to do to solve the problem, fix the issue, repair the damage, whatever the, whatever the case may be, whatever the problem is that you're talking about, you know, and, and I'm not saying that everyone dis- that discusses their problems is complaining. There, there is absolutely just simply identifying the problem and moving on you know, and doing something about it. But complaining obviously is talking about the problem over and over and over again and never actually doing anything to fix it or make things better. Um, so yeah, so I'm more of a tough love kind of, um, that's me in general. That's my attitude. My, uh, my daughter actually got mad at me. I, I, I told you before she broke her ankle and uh, she was struggling and, and legitimately struggling. I mean, first of all, it's physically painful. Uh, second of all, she was very active and this was a huge blow and it's summertime, you know, and this was a huge blow to, um, you know, every bit of things that she's used to. And because my kids have never broken any bones before, I, you know, I, I used to brag about that. I used to say, um, you know, nothing bad ever happened on my watch to my kids. You know, they didn't hurt themselves, nothing seriously, at least no broken bones, nothing. And now I'm kind of mad at myself. I'm, I'm th- kind of thinking like I should have really let them fall more, get hurt more because their coping skills would probably be better then, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not knocking my daughter. She is handling this. Now she's handling it like a champ. She's doing fantastic. But the the first week of this was really, really rough. And she was having a, an extremely hard time with it. And uh, me in my tough love way, and I'm not saying I wasn't sympathetic. So don't think I'm, I'm a 100% jerk. I'm, I'm probably about a 70% jerk which is high. That's a high percentage. I, I get that. But I, I'm, you know, I can call myself out for things. I'm fine with that. And, um, but my daughter was very upset with me because, you know, we had a, we was like a kind of like a week of, and I'm not trying to throw her under the bus or embarrass her. Um, but it was a week of her being very emotional and very upset and not really rallying, you know, not looking at the bright side or the the upsides of things. And which, you know, I can even say now objectively, I can say it's really hard to be upbeat and um, looking at the positive side of things when you are in constant pain, because it was like a full week before she could get uh, more than a week. It was like almost 10 days before she could even get her surgery. Um, just with the holiday and scheduling and all the things. So there was like 10 straight days of near constant pain that, you know, the um, Advil or not Advil, uh, Tylenol, and uh, she even had Oxy, you know, the stuff wasn't even touching the pain. So it's really hard to look at the bright side of things when you're in constant pain. I, I totally acknowledge that. I also have to acknowledge that my patients did wear thin and I did kind of get a little snappish with her. Um, because that is my way. Like, okay, we already know what the problem is. And by the way, I'm not saying that I'm right. 
I'm, I'm definitely not saying that I am right in my attitude. I'm just saying this is how I am. Uh, love me or hate me for it, whatever the case is. And, and I got frustrated. I was like, honey, you, you got to rally. You got to toughen up. You just got to suck it up right now. Okay. This is what it is. This is where we're at. You're going to have to, you know, find some ways to cope here. You're going to have to try freaking meditation. I don't know what, but you got to do something because this crying and blah, blah, it's not working. It's not doing anything for you. And she's like, you don't understand. You have no idea. You know, you think everybody should just toughen up and buck up. And I was like, oh shit. Well, that is true. That is true. I, that is my attitude. I do think that everyone should toughen up and buck up. She's like, not everyone's like you, mom, you know, and, and can just tough through everything. I'm like, well, I, I actually really, I actually took that all as a compliment. I appreciated that she saw that about me, although she didn't really mean it as a compliment. She was actually reminding me of how insensitive I can actually be. And uh, she's not wrong. She is not wrong. I own that. I totally do. And I know it's something I probably need to work on. But at this stage of the game, at 50, that's kind of rough. And I don't know. I guess, I guess what I need to do is I need to take my own advice. When I say to people, I, I, I don't always say, but I have said in the past, um, and I'm just parroting something else I've heard and agree with. And I don't know who said it originally. So if you said it originally, let me know and I'll credit you. But, um, you have to meet people where they're at in life. And I agree with that. I agree with that. So I need to take my own advice. I need to meet people where they're at in life and not at where I think they should be. Oh my gosh. I just therapied myself. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, listen, um, there's so much more to talk about, but we're, we're at the end of our time here. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to just uh, pick this up again tomorrow and we'll We'll talk some more about these types of things. Maybe. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I do tend to go off on different tangents. Tomorrow's a whole different day. There could be other topics that we need to talk about. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, your guess is as good as mine uh, in this moment. In this very moment, your guess is as good as mine. I will plan out the show at least a little bit uh, later on today, get some kind of framework for it, but uh, no promises that I'll follow it by any means. Um but yeah, you know, I, I took a look uh, before we before we say goodbye for the day. I took a look at my stats for the show, um, which I'm not very good at checking, but I, I did check it and I did see um, y'all are listening to the show. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Um, if you're enjoying it, please share it with other people. Let them know, hey, listen, I, I've been listening to Elsa in the morning and gosh, she's really starting my day off wonderfully. I just feel so much better. Uh, about my day and about life in general, because I'm listening to Elsa in the morning. So you should listen to Elsa in the morning. There, I gave you a, a pitch to give anyone and everyone who'll listen. Um, so yeah, how about that? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I, as always, I am wishing you a wonderful day ahead. I hope your morning has started off well. I hope um, that I was part of your morning starting off well and um, wishing you a continued great day. And as always, it's up to you to make it a great day. All right. I will talk to you tomorrow. Take care, guys. 
Hey, family, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the reader in your life, why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers, as well as elsacurt.com.